0: Welcome back to our audience, our listeners here on Tech Conversations, presented by the Florida International University Radcliffe Art and Design Incubator, housed right here at FIU. We are excited. It's Women's History Month, and we're coming to the end, um, interviewing these trailblazers, making history. And I want to welcome in Elizabeth Behar. She makes FIU history as the first Hispanic woman to serve as interim provost. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Margarita. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to kind of have this one-on-one with you because I think that technology plays a big role in 21st century learning. And we're going to kick it off and talk about first an introduction to, to our listeners about, you know, who is Elizabeth Behar. We always ask our guests this question and we'll kick it off there.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Um, so as as you noted, I'm, I'm currently honored and humbled to serve as as uh, the university's interim provost, executive vice president, and COO. Um, I am a Miami girl, uh, raised, not born, but raised here in Miami, um, and spent some time professionally away. I have been dedicated to education um, my entire career. I actually began um, in K-12 um, and over a series of uh of years, uh, developed a master's uh, through my master's program, uh, really an interest in college fit and college readiness, which actually evolved um, me into transitioning into higher ed and higher ed administration. Um, I was blessed uh, to have really strong mentors along the way, uh, both male and female mentors, very important. Um, and an a la carte menu of mentors, I will say, mentors in, in different areas and different specializations um, who, who gave me some really good advice and I went on to get my uh, the highest credential available. So I have a PhD in higher education administration um, from Boston College. I took a very pragmatic approach uh, because I was that would have been my you know my the entry into my second career. So I went to a city where there's basically a university or a college on every corner and immersed myself into Boston um, and uh, I really, really delved into um, academic policy and procedures and, and really systems and organizational design about what makes institutions uh, create uh, infrastructure that leads to student success. We know students can be successful, but organizations and our role as faculty, as administrators, as staff. Um, contributes to their ability to be successful. And that's kind of what drove me. Um, And as all good Cuban professionals, as my grandmother would have said, um, all roads lead home. Now, eventually, my husband and I decided to come home for personal reasons. And I've been blessed to be at FIU uh, since 2003. Um, So part of FIU's growth And development as a public research university that is aspiring in top 50 in many areas and and aspiring for top 50 public and many others. Uh, We've grown up together and developed together. And I'm very proud of this community, um, of this university, and really excited about the future.
0: So, as we we talk about the future, you know, and thank you for taking our, our audience through that. I know that you had. Uh, grown up here in Miami, you attended St. Brendan High School, right? Yes. But I didn't know that you hadn't been born here in Miami. So that's a great, great uh thing to to learn from you. Um, as we talk about the future, we cannot not have the, the, the conversation in this podcast about what we just went through with COVID-19, with the pandemic. And I know you were at the forefront um with your, you know, in your role. So talk a little bit about some of these challenges that we face, taking that face-to-face, that you know, environment that we have where we motivate and engage with our student body um, and taking it online. It's not the same experience um, as we know. And I know FIU's come a long way um, developing, you know, hybrid and online live and everything just to kind of um, stay at the forefront in case we should be faced with having to pick up again and, and sort of be in that virtual environment. So can you talk about some of the successes and improvements? I'll talk about, you know, how it all developed. Certainly. Um, and I'm not sure
1: that any any brief conversation can do, do this justice. We certainly iterated and learned along the way um, as a learning organization. Um, but we came together as a leadership team to really focus on what was important, which was the teaching and learning and research enterprise of our university. So that teaching and learning enterprise was evidenced first in a, a remote teach-ready micro-credential that we established for faculty. We needed to make sure that our our faculty and our professors had the tools necessary um, as we, you know, flipped the switch and went remote. Not so long ago, two years ago, right? Two weeks ago, we, we passed the um, the two year anniversary of that. And um, you know, really, really a critical component of that was making sure that people felt supported, even though we were physically distant. Um, we also wanted to make sure that our students recognized that we were here and that we were here for them. Our university never shuttered its doors. Um, We're a 24-7, 365 campus. Our housing um, was open. Uh, Our library continued to serve as a virtual resource for our students. And so we wanted to make sure, um, and our research lab stayed open um, to the extent that 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 was critical for the research, and and folks pivoted. Um, We teach our our students uh, resiliency through our actions and through modeling our behavior. And I think um, Miami is certainly, um, as it's now entering this this latest boom, um, a resilient city that continues to redefine itself. And I think our students, our faculty and our staff share, share that we wanted to focus on those areas. We had some successes. We've learned a lot with hybrid. We've learned a lot with preparation, with really trying to engage our students um we pivoted internships to virtual internships where we could. We worked with industry partners um, because this wasn't just happening to FIU, this was happening globally, right? And it happened to our partners and happening to our constituencies. And um, so we took that very seriously. Um, and we're we continue, right, to iterate around that. There is now online live. We know that um, the experience has changed people's perspectives. So there's now um, a little bit more interest in telehealth, a little bit more interest in an online counseling, online academic advising. Um, We actually hear from some of our advisors that students are um, less likely to cancel a Zoom appointment, if you will, than a face-to-face appointment. Um, And so any way that we can can certainly work with our students and, and, and make sure that they're engaged, we want them to do that. Similarly, we also want to make sure that our students um, aren't losing the social capital that they learned through the daily bump and grind um, that we would call of this dynamic city and this movement. And we see that now in the last six months, um, as uh, certainly we're still worried about COVID um, in this pandemic, but as it transitions to to an endemic stage, which by all accounts it, it eventually will, um you know that we learn to live within within those parameters and we engage in different ways and actually leverage the tools and resources that we learned during the pandemic to augment um and make more successful our face-to-face interactions. So we're we're um optimistic about the future, which is why I stay in higher education
0: because <laughs> it's about the future. Yeah so I mean that's very engaging to hear, you know, kind of that roadmap because You know, 21st century learning looks a lot different than the learning that, for example, when you began your career and you were in K through 12 and everything that has transpired, you know, over the past few decades, we definitely see a shift from that, you know, face to face crowded campus to a campus that is kind of a hybrid campus. And it gives students the options, you know, for example, and just a quick example, when I was in school, there was none of this, Um, you know, I'd have to leave work and get to class because, you know traffic and everything else. So I feel like the students today have so many other options. And not, you know, it's not clearly linked to the pandemic. Even before that, I think we were already offering online and trying to work to see how we offered kind of that hybrid. I feel like the pandemic sort of fueled, kind of fast forwarded um, some of the things that we are seeing today, correct? Absolutely. And I think, you know, there, 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 are, there are probably
1: a few analogies that don't do um, what we're going through justice. But Where we are is a point of pivoting around experiential learning. We know that when students interact um, and have those positive experiences inside the classroom and outside the classroom is the best recipe, right? And so it's almost as if you're going to a restaurant and you're picking off the a la carte menu. I want a little bit of face-to-face classes, a little bit of experiences that are hybrid or online. And I wanna make sure that I can do, you know, X internship, you know, at the city perhaps, or with the with county, with some of their GovTech initiatives, and really engage. And so students aren't necessarily today in higher education today, isn't necessarily the traditional, you're gonna sit in a classroom, for four or five classes a semester, for eight semesters and you're gonna get your degree. We really want to leverage our place as a public research university that Miami is a living laboratory um, for our students. And so you can learn without you know, literally having your body in a chair staring at the front of a classroom. And we know our, stu- our professors know that as well. So um, it's actually some uh, bringing about some really exciting times for our students and for our faculty.
0: definitely. And as we move this conversation, and we've been talking about technology, right? We are in a state right here, right? It's a moment in time where both mayors, the public sector has taken a huge role. Uh, Both that mayor, Daniela Levine Cava, you know, the county's first female mayor, so a lot of firsts, right, with women. Um, She was also on our podcast in season one. And Mayor Francis Suarez um, who has really pushed that tech conversation with that tweet that said, you know, how may I help? It just kind of exploded. So, you know, as it relates to women and the opportunity in tech, right? And how, you know, some of the things we are doing at Florida International University, can you talk to some of those initiatives and opportunities, you know, to grow the role of women in tech?
1: Yeah, right. So so beyond, beyond the moment, and we're blessed, by the way, to have really strong leaders yeah. who are, Um, I think more akin to collaborating um, than to competing, which is great because our city is more unified together around this, not just moment, but this movement, right? Which is we have an opportunity to reshape the history of South Florida by really engaging um, in, in tech industries. And we are bombarded on a daily basis by industry leaders, by CEOs, by venture capitalists, were are like, no, no, we want, we want that uh, entrepreneurial spirit, we want the grit, the resilience that is the FIU student, um, the the innovation that represents the the FIU faculty. They want that spirit in their employees, and they want that spirit right to to echo through. And you know, this tech this tech movement that we're having um, is really reshaping. Um, many of our disciplines, not just the traditional, you know, computer science and engineering. And we hear that, but it, you know, AI, um, right. Communicating with data um, and, uh, and, and all of the analytics that go around it and the ability to engage um, with so many different industries, be them FinTech, be them GovTech, be them service tech and apps um, is really pervasive throughout the entire community, and we're really excited about the future. And women play a large role in that. You know, women women are um, over fifty percent of the higher education student base, and so they they need to be out at the forefront. We have many student organizations and clubs um, who are highlighting their champions and models uh, for women, and so the 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 time is right to really understand, um, the critical thinking around, uh, the, the diversity, the diversity and perspective that a, it's not about the diversity in gender that a woman, a woman brings to the table. It's about the diversity in perspective, the diversity in the mindset. Um, and so we really, we really are, are championing, championing that through, uh, through and through all our disciplines.
0: So, you know, right here at, um, you know, at Cardam, which is um, who kind of built this podcast, um, we have um, a hub called iStar, um, you know, founded recently by entertainment executive Lee Kaplan. It's housed at the BBC campus, the first one. There's also going to be one at the MMC campus and at Wynwood, as I understand. And we also have the Radcliffe incubator. So I'm extending an invitation before we even end the podcast for you to visit our campus and and see these amazing hubs. These are the forward-looking parts of, you know, of Carta. And you know, things take place there that a lot of people don't know are very innovative. Um, want you to go over there at some point and join us so that um, we can take you on a little um, virtual experience, um, if we may say, and have you there, you know, who's making history, serving as our, you know, interim provost, kind of take really a look at some of the forward-looking things that we're doing in terms of student engagement and having, you know, our first class during the summer there at IStar, You know, the entrepreneur, you know, you mentioned entrepreneur, a spirit that takes place at Radcliffe now in its fifth year with, you know, a number of chords. So I have to kind of push that because I feel that it's very inspirational and that we need to talk about more of those positive experiences for our student body that are preparing the workforce of tomorrow. So my next question is, you know we talk a lot about virtual and digital and everything that we're doing. you know are we making every effort to prepare our students for those jobs that haven't been created yet? I, I think
1: so. Um, I think uh, you know so first of all i'm I'm happy to to uh, to a- attend Istar. i've I've been there prior. Um, Lee Kaplan is is a great champion of of the university. and so we're we're very grateful to uh, to his support. Um and so so yes, uh it is it is really accelerated, has been accelerated going full circle back to the pandemic. Um but some of these changes we had actually already anticipated, right? Um the future of work, talent, um an agile workforce, um the gig economy, right, had already begun in Europe. Um, and, and then all of this accelerated by the pandemic in some way and then shifted a little bit in response to um, health and safety measures and prevention measures that were certainly necessary. Um, but, but we are working through our the, 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 the mission of our university, which is academic preparation, um, to really look through our academic inventory of disciplines and of career opportunities to really ensure that our students are best prepared, not to take the jobs of tomorrow, but to really create the jobs of tomorrow. Um, And and when we look at our academic inventory today, as compared to a 15 or 20 year look back, it already looks differently. Um, it's, It's a little bit more interdisciplinary. It's a little bit more focused on knowing what you know and how you know it so that you can go to the next level. Um, and create those opportunities and create those disciplines. So now when we talk about AI, it's not about AI as you know artificial intelligence as just within engineering. It's how does AI change the nature of the work that you do in business, the nature of the work that you do in healthcare, um, the nature of the work that you're do that you can do in philosophy or in history. Um, so it's really an interesting, right? an interesting opportunity. that that we have to really engage um, with our faculty and with our staff and with our students and and really recognize that the amount of learning that has occurred in the last two decades is exponential. Um, This revolution that we're in um, has really impacted um, and is an inflection point, if you will, for the academy and how the academy will not just respond Um, to industry and to and to technological revolution, but really how they will be leaders in a part of that. And that's where we want uh, FIU to be.
0: You know, we spoke on this podcast as well to Melissa Medina from Emerge. And she said to me, there is not one job. It does not exist that doesn't involve the role of tech. Um, And she is absolutely right. Absolutely right. Even in retail, you have computers. And, you know, the retail stores also have to do um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So it's a 360 right now. And I think, you know, I'm glad you've shared that with us because we really have to look at, you know, the offerings that we have. And are we really preparing, you know, this 21st century workforce? So as we end the podcast, um, Elizabeth, um, I always have asked the females that joined during Women's History Month, you know, who is your female role model? Um, because I think we take a cue from a couple of people. You know, it's it's not our mothers, it's our grandmothers, or it's some mentor figure. So if you'd like to share that with us as we come to a close. I,
1: I appreciate that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's going to sound a little kitschy. And by the way, you mentioned M- Melissa Medina, a force to be reckoned with. Right, so she's amazing. Um, she's a leader in her in her own right, and has really paved a way for so many other uh, so many other leaders. So, I will say, you know, my my approach um, professionally has also been an a la carte model. I pick from from various various role models, um, but when it comes down to a specific female role model, I am I am going to to have to go to my mom, Maria Avehad. Um, And and only because, well, for many reasons, one, she's not only been my champion, but when we look back at particularly um, our history as Cuban Americans, right, she came to this country at the age of 23, not speaking the language, left her family behind, came with her husband, um, started over, raised a family, became a widow at 48, continued with, I was in high school, I was at St. Brendan, Um, My brother and my sister were in college, right? But that grit and that resilience is emblematic of the American dream. Um, and, And just the overall story of your own personal journey. And I know that any one of our students, no matter their circumstances, has the ability to own their future and to with positivity and with hard work, be, not only become resilient, but thrive in whatever environment they choose to create for themselves. And I think that's so critically important.
0: Is there any final words? Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I share too that, you know, it's my grandmother and my, and my mother, but in particular, my great grandmother, born in Baleares, Spain, Ana Marquez, I think I said it countless times this month. I heard recently, I had not heard the story, that my great grandfather wanted to open a shoe business that he had in Spain and Havana at that time in the 19 we're talking 1917 you know it was very prominent to go to Havana and start a business you know the relationship between spain and cuba has always been there right and um, seeing that he wouldn't come back she sold her house picked up the three girls that she had one of them was an infant my grandmother was one of them my grandmother was 5 years old remembers getting on the ship stopping in new york and continuing to havana so i said you got to have guts to pick up your three girls and travel, you know, all that just to come join and, and kind of form a business and a family somewhere in a very strange place. So, you know, I feel sometimes, you know, I'm a very um, kind of up and coming energetic person, if we can say that, that I think I take that cue from all three of them. So that that's what I always like to share. So as we come to the end of the podcast, are there any final words for a little girl somewhere out there or a young um, FIU student that you know, is looking to kind of break out in any discipline, any final inspiring words? You know, believe in yourself, believe in the power of education. It is why I'm in
1: education, because I do believe education is the most powerful tool that there is on this planet um, and within ourselves and reach out, um, show up, PC 526, Primera Casa. Um, that's my office. The, I will probably be busy, but that's not the point. Just ask. Um, when I look at our students today, I'm so humbled by them because I will tell you today at 53, I am, I, I, I was not. I work with our student government leaders, uh, with our leaders of, of UPE, with our leaders of women in tech, and they're 18, 20, 24 years old, and they have the voice that I found in my mid-40s. As a professional, I am so inspired by meeting and working with them on a daily basis um, that I'm in awe of them. And uh, so continue to do the work that you do as as students, Um, believe in yourself, hard work, dedication and integrity is really the formula for success.
0: Thank you so much for opening your, you know, your office door over there at the MMC campus. Absolutely, um, for our students, definitely. You know, I'm sure some of them will take you up on that offer. You have a line outside your door very soon. I want to thank Elizabeth Behar once again. You know, making Florida International University history as the first Hispanic woman to serve as provost, you've really paved a great way. You know, for all those looking to expand in education and across any industry. And that's it. You know, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Thank you again to Elizabeth Behar.